Hey everybody, James Shepard here, welcoming you to the Merchant Sales Podcast. I love doing this show every week. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoy recording it. Uh, this week, we have a little bit of kind of a double header. So it's a, a bit of a different um, episode. We don't have our normal insider's report questions from the field. This week, we start off with an interview, a very interesting interview with Dustin Wilkins talking about selling cash discounting to monster merchant accounts. We're talking about you know merchants doing 50 million or more a year in annual volume. His company specializes pretty much exclusively in doing those types of deals. Um, and then we talked to Paul Hadfield uh, about um, Transaction Company, a new company he started, and just some really unique things that he's doing from a technology perspective, and especially from a training perspective to train agents. And I think his approach is really unique. He's been in the industry a long time. I've gotten to know him over the years, and uh, I think he provides a lot of insights that will be very, very helpful. Uh, so that's really, that's it today. That's all we got. You know, we just got uh, basically two interviews, the the uh, longer one with Dustin, the shorter one with Paul. So I think you're going to love it. A lot of great uh, information today. As always, this podcast episode is sponsored by Valor Paytech, a fantastic company, great technology, really filling, I think, an important void in the industry right now where they take everything from the standalone terminal all the way through to the kind of more full-featured point of sale. That's where things stop and, you know, other companies service that niche. Um, but there's a lot of room in the middle where merchants are starting to want that omni-channel solution, even simple merchants, even smaller merchants. They don't just want the standalone terminal. They want the robust dashboard. You know, they want the, uh, you know, the online, you know, virtual terminal. They want the mobile swiper, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so they're filling an important need there. If you have not already looked into them, go to ccsalespro.com slash valor v-a-l-o-r ccsalespro.com slash valor v-a-l-o-r with that let's go ahead and dive into this week's uh interview with dustin wilkins welcome to the merchant sales podcast Hey, everybody. We are here today with uh, my friend dustin wilkins dustin is the president at dynamic merchant processing how are you doing today dustin doing great guys how about you doing good doing, doing good fantastic Really excited today to talk about this idea of cash discounting with large enterprise type merchant accounts. Um, we've had Dustin on in the past to talk about this topic, but really that was uh, what, six months ago, Dustin, something like that? I feel like that's pretty close, yes. Yeah, and so when we did that, um, you know, it was still kind of early on. And so I know you had a lot of deals kind of in the pipeline and things like that. So what I was kind of hoping you could do is, you know, it's been six or eight months here, give us an update, you know, what are you seeing trend-wise as far as these large, you know, enterprise-level merchants uh, that are interested in cash discounting? What's the interest level? What, what have you seen? Yeah, for sure. Um, in, in short, it's been going great. I mean, really exceeding our expectations. We have, uh, I guess, done a good job of uh, leveraging the original large franchisees uh, to to take those examples to market and and utilize all of our different sales channels to to drum up interest and um it's just been uh it's just been great i mean we have a lot of you know in my world ridiculously large uh franchisors and, and franchisee groups that we're in discussion with now so super exciting but not ridiculously large just uh happily large right right <laughs> happily <laughs> large yeah yeah it may seem ridiculous but it's good news <laughs> yeah yeah really. for sure yeah yeah, yeah well, the range well, is you know, uh, you know, we have we have we're, we're in deep discussions with 65 locations, 200 locations, over 400 nice. locations, you know, and a lot of a lot in between. So it's been uh, it's been great. 
So that, that actually is really good. That kind of leads into my first question that I had for you. Um, you know, I know you can't share a ton of detail here, but let's, let's kind of define for our audience, you know, what we're talking about when we say large kind of enterprise accounts, because, you know, for a lot of them, they're thinking, oh, a large account is like a location that does 80,000 a month, <laughs> you know? Um, mm. So that's not what we're talking about today. So let's, let's, you know, kind of describe for the audience, you know, you mentioned, you kind of alluded to it a second ago, you know, what types of deals do you already have on the books? You know, what are you seeing success with? Are we talking about corporate and franchise? Like, give us a little more context there. Yeah. So, you know, on the large end, you know, we're talking about, you know, over 500 million annually, you know, but then it, it, the range for these, these franchise is QS, you know, these QSR type restaurants that there's been a big focus, you know, you're looking at about $50,000 uh, monthly. Uh, per location up to $120,000, you know, so you can run the math and, and, and know those are, you know, those are big deals. And we've, we're attacking it, um, you know, starting with the franchise ease and working our way up, um, but also at the franchise or level and working our way down. And I think we may talk about it a little more later, but there is, uh, uh, you know, it's definitely a different strategy for both. How do you get in touch with these merchants? Is this sort of like organic? You know, do you stumble across these or or is this something that, uh, you know, are there ways that agents can, you know, put out feelers to get these in, these, um, you know, to discover interest out in the market? Yeah, uh, great question. So so it's uh, kind of like anything we've done from a sales perspective. It's uh, it's just cast a wide net. So. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this in our original podcast, but what sort of started this whole thing came from a referral partner who's one of the funniest characters you 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 could ever meet. That's been a friend of mine for years. Has nothing to do with cat with credit card business, but loves to make introductions and 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 he introduced me to the to the primary stakeholder for the first large franchisee. I mean, it was just a kind of a random thing. But since then, uh, you know, we have leveraged our bank partnerships. We've leveraged our outside sales team. Uh, and really, most importantly, we've we've leveraged uh, our in-house uh, stuff. So we have a lot of really high-skilled guys that are that are in our office, and and it's brought me back into a uh, 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 spending a lot of time, you know, in sales because it's so exciting, and and yeah. the size of these deals that we're working does require um, a certain level of expertise, and and uh, you know, so we taking advantage of all those channels. And from the inside sales perspective, now that we know our target market, I mean, we're just, you know, we're doing our our research and taking advantage of all different types of lead generation and and just outbounding from here. And, and you know, it's, uh, you can do a lot of it right, right from your computer, right from Zoom and, and from your phone. And, you know, so a little bit of everything. It's not like you need a lot of feet. You really just need a lot of motivation, right? Yeah, I, I need a lot of leads. I need a lot of uh, people on the other end of that Zoom. If I can get, you know, the name of the game is how many people, you know, I mean, how many leads can I get, you know, to me? And then from there, we just, you know, we just keep plugging along. But the success rate on these, you know, the the, the close percentage in a lot of ways is yet to be determined. But mm-hmm. the interest level, the sincere, genuine interest level on a per conversation basis I mean, we're talking 80%, 80% of the, of the franchisees or franchisors that I speak with leave the call with a yes or a maybe. I mean, wow. it's staggering, you know, yep. and, uh, and so that's, that's what's so exciting, just getting in front of them. And we just drop the names of the people, obviously, that we were already doing business with that are having success. And, and with their permission, we share the numbers to, you know, how it looks to their bottom line. And, 
you know, from there, you're just working through compliance and, and the customer experience. And, and once they get their head wrapped around that, then you move on to pilots and things of that nature. Love it. Love it. So, so Dustin, you know, I know we're going to talk a little bit later about the way you're kind of working with the independent agents and ISOs as more of a you know partner to bring these deals over the finish line. But talk to me about, you know, what is involved. So, you know, if I'm an individual agent, I go out and I find a, you know, a franchise or a corporate that's got, you know, 200 locations and they're, you know, maybe interested in the cash discounting. Talk about the process and what's involved getting from that point to, to a yes, because obviously this is not like a, you know, a one call close at a little pizza shop. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's involved mm-hmm. with this? Yeah. So uh, to that point, this is not your, you know, your average uh, uh, mechanic shop. You know, you're not going to go in, put a, put a good sales move on them and, and, and then show up a couple of days later with a terminal. I mean, this is a, uh, not in a bad way, but it's a slog. I mean, there's just a lot of moving pieces and, you know, you obviously have to get to the decision maker. Once you're there, you know, you've got to build, you know, a compelling case for the program, but also work through all the different issues, whether it be compliance, which, you know, is, is a huge piece and you have to, right. you know, really explain to them the good, the bad, and the ugly of, it, of all this. And, and then from there, you know, you, you're going to have the, uh, the technical piece, the, the POS integrations and the, determining, you know, where that is, where that's controlled from, and then, you know, building a relationship with that team and making sure that you can get all that functionality in place. And, you know, all these are questions that these executives have to have answered before they, before they make that decision. And, you know, and sometimes it gets complex in that, you know, you, maybe you sell the, you know, the ultimate decision maker, but then, you know, the next thing you know, you're, you're sort of, involved with other executives that get brought into the program and you have to sort of start over from a sales process. So, so they're Mm -hmm. scaring the original decision maker and now you're starting, you know, starting over. I found that to be something that happens regularly. So in the end, you know, a lot of this stuff is obvious, but I mean, it is not, uh, it's not your normal, uh, not your normal uh, sales cycle. Well, yeah. And I think if I could, if I could, you know, kind of follow up on that, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is, you know, most of these larger companies, you know, there's these different departments. So even if you were to sell the CEO and he gives kind of this tentative, sure, it sounds good, you know, from a bottom line perspective, which of course it will, but then you're going to have maybe the CFO that has a lot of questions about how the pricing would work. You'd have the legal, you know, the legal counsel that's saying, wait a minute, let's talk about visa rules. Then you have whoever is dealing with the, uh, the the IT department that's saying, well, wait, how's this going to work with our point of sale system? Is that kind of yeah. what you're saying that there it ends up being a lot of concerns like that? Yeah, I think you just recapped it better than me. I mean, that is exactly the experience, you know, and, and, you know, obviously if you have a, a strong buy-in from, you know, the, the final decision maker, that's a great, it gives you a great uh, position, you know, to go in and, and counter the arguments you're getting from all those different uh, individuals you just listed. Uh, but it is a, uh, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun, you know, yeah. but it's uh, it can be a touch stressful and it, and it requires uh, a little, uh, you have to be nimble, you know, and right. on your game, that's for sure. What's the difference, Dustin, between like, you know, on negotiating one of these deals with a large franchise uh, versus a corporate deal? You know, I mean, it seems to me that it's going to be, the sales process is going to be different, you know, dealing with a franchise versus with a large corporation. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting, um, you know, through this process. And even though, you know, we're, uh, gosh, over a year and a half in, you know, we're still seeing different scenarios all the time. But, you know, if you start with the franchisee, 
uh, those guys, you know, there's, uh, you know, you have multiple different, I guess, personality types. Sometimes I talk to the franchisee and they say, um, you know, we're doing it. We're, we're, we're doing it and we're just going to ask for forgiveness. Right. So they just want to, they want to roll out the program and then go back to corporate 90 days later and say, look at what we, look at what we've done. Right. That requires them to have the ability to choose their own processor in general and the ability to change some things up in their point of sale system. But that's one strategy. And then, uh, and we've seen that work, you know, and then that has actually led to the corporation, you know, kind of blessing uh, the program and, and kind of clearing the way for other franchisees, which is fantastic for us. Uh, you know, then you have franchisees who say, you know, we love it, but we have to take it back to corporate mm-hmm. first. We're going to seek permission. And then, you know, then there's a couple of different ways that can go. You know, the, the original franchisee that we, you know, started this whole thing, they went to corporate, corporate said, essentially, we don't like it. Um, but, you know, knock yourself out if you want to, you know, if you want to mess your business up, that was sort of their attitude. Well, now we're 18 months later and, you know, we're actually engaging the, the corporate side because they see the success that they're having. Uh, and then there's this other one that is yet to play out completely where the franchisee goes to the franchisor and says, we would like to do this. The franchisor says, no, you cannot. And then the franchisee, you know, a huge one, they, they just said, you know what? I thought, you know, my, my shoulders slumped when I heard that, right? You know, the frown came on my face. And then, but the next line out of the franchisee's mouth was, but uh, hold tight because we're taking it to our legal team to see if our legal team believes the franchisor has uh, the, the the legal footing to stop us from doing it. You know, with the implication being, if they don't, then we're going to give it a whirl. Yeah. Um, and this is off topic a little bit, but I found this interesting is that I never had, a, I didn't have a clue how uh, how often there is sort of an adversarial uh, relationship between a franchisee and a franchisor. Yeah, I just wasn't aware, and it's uh, it's something that you have to, you know, navigate. You're trying to make sure that the corporate loves you, but you won't got to be on the side of the franchisee. You know, right. it's um, you know you have to kind of figure your way through yeah. that while looking good. You know, on both sides, franchisor level, um, it's much more simple. Actually, you know, you just need to get in front of the decision maker and and convince them and go through all the different steps that uh, James laid out earlier. You know, it's it's just, you know, you get their attention and then you get them to agree to a sample pilot set of stores. You put your best foot forward and um, and then from there, you just keep chugging along. And of course, then you can once you've had success with them, you can get them to roll it out to the franchisees. And that should be, you know, it's easy stuff. Yeah. So do you find that when you have corporate saying, yeah, let's go ahead with it, <clears throat> that you have franchisees down the line are like, oh, I want to, I don't want to have to deal with all this change. I mean, is there, you know, is there inertia, you know, down along the franchise chain um, that complicates this at all? So we have to date gone franchisee up, um, but franchise or down, I would be willing to to make a sizable bet that, you know, which we're, we're close to t- taking this direction now on a couple different uh, uh, potential clients. And when we do, I feel beyond confident that we're just going to make, I'll make the joke with uh, James that it's going to be sort of a phone call where I say, 
hey, you know, hey, my name is Dustin. I work with corporate. They said this is cool. Uh, uh, now they have you on the phone. Let's sign up real quick, and we'll work work out the details later. I mean, I really feel like they're just going to fall over their cell mm-hmm. to do yeah. it. Yeah. When I can say that corporate is doing it, having success, here's the implication to your bottom line. Yeah. Well, I think one of the other things to do about it that's interesting to me, Dustin, is, you know, when you're dealing with multiple locations with cash discounting, you know, ultimately the the issue that you run into here um, is that businesses want to know that somebody else is doing it. You know, somebody else is having similar success. And so with multi-location, that's kind of just built in, which is fantastic, right? It's like, even even if there is a little bit of resistance, say you have, you know, I remember when I sold, um, the largest franchise I ever sold was I think uh, 200 and something uh, locations was a pizza chain, pizza shop chain. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was selling them and I wasn't doing cash discounting, but, you know, the idea was we, we would reach out and, you know, initially like 15, 20% of the franchisees are like, yeah, let's do it. You know? Well then once you got those 15% up and running for two months, well then you just call the other ones back. And then it was like an avalanche of like, Oh, well you're already working with them and them and them and them and them. And it was like, Hey, let me send you a list of all the current locations that we're working with. So I think cash discounting is even, even easier in a way because it's like, great. Let's just show you the success we're having. We already know how to work with your point of sale system. We already know how to, you know, get this set up. We know the results. It, you know what I mean? So um, I think that's, I think that's going to be huge. I really do. I think that's going to be a big, big win. For sure. And I've just lived that experience. Um, you know, I think we're up to 75% of the franchisees from our flagship original, you know, group. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I sat back and let the original large franchisee have success and, and build up some big savings. And, and once I made the move to, to reach out to the remainder, you know, I mean, it was, you just keep repeating the same line, you know, Hey, talk to this individual. He'll tell you his experience. Here's the dollars he said he saved. He gave me permission to, to share this, you know, it works. Right. Call, call him. You don't know me, call him. Right. And, right. You know, when you're just, it's just over and over and over. So yeah. just easy. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, you know, I would imagine with these big accounts and I know from some personal experience that getting a yes is in some ways the, the easier part in, in a lot of ways, because, you know, then you actually have to implement this. And right. so talk about that a little bit, Dustin, because obviously we've got a lot of moving parts here. We have, you know, the compliance issues, but we got, you know, point of sale type stuff and getting the merchant account set up correctly and, you know, all of the variables there. So what's, what's involved with, okay, got, I got a yes. Well, now how do we get this thing going? It, so it's a uh, uh, it's it's a big challenge. It's a fun challenge. Um, a challenge we're you know uh, uh, good at good at addressing. But I mean, some of the high level stuff. I mean, you know, to get the yes, you know, you're looking for especially at the franchise or level. You're talking about elusive decision makers. You know, so getting in front of them uh, is is a big piece, obviously. But you know, and that's high level negotiation, high level strategy. You know, just a lot of it's just. Uh, it's high stress, you know, I mean, it's yeah, just, right, right. Um, but once you do get that, yes, I mean, you, you obviously have to ensure the compliance piece is in, is in position, right. And you have to make sure that, that, that compliance piece is communicated throughout the corporation at all locations. And that, that's, that's followed today, day one and, and forever. And, um, you know, of course you have the POS integration that we touched on earlier and that, can be, as you know, I mean, sometimes that can be fairly simple and sometimes it can be very complex. And, and then you you have a lot of variables within that as, as to the competence of the, the POS team you're working with, you know, mm-hmm. 
to get in the weeds, but you know, if they have their in-house POS team, those guys are usually pretty motivated to, to do things right. And regardless of the size of the company, if they are using a third-party vendor, you're hit and miss, you know, as to who you're yep. going to get that day, you know, who's going to quit during the middle of the project, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so that's obviously a huge challenge. Another piece is, is uh, you know, just the large uh, project management, the large rollout. I mean, if you get up into hundreds of stores, I'm a very big believer in putting boots on the ground and trying to get to a lot of these locations, at least, at least in the beginning when you're piloting, you know, right. you really have it nailed. So, you know, you have extensive, extensive travel, large overhead. It requires a really a skilled team of, of guys who you have a ton of confidence in, and we're fortunate enough to have that uh, out of our office and some of our supporting uh, uh, uh vendors so so we are you know we we have that in place and then you know it's a big pressure you know when you're you know closing these deals comes with a a larger amount of pressure you know compared to that one person mechanic we talked about uh but you really just you know you're striving for perfection all the way you know to the last location is boarded because you know you just don't want to at this at this high stakes and this type of uh, profitability you just there's no room for error so it's uh it's uh, a lot of fun, but it's um, it's a lot of work. And uh, yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the things I was just thinking about too that I wanted to touch on that I know you and I have worked a lot on is this issue of compliance. And I think one of the things that, that makes it um, more stressful in a way, at least in my opinion, is that you know if you're selling an individual location on cash discounting, you know, in a lot of ways you kind of set it up and you you know you say a prayer as you walk out. Oh, I hope they don't get a, a complaint. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, right. when you're dealing with 300 locations you know mm-hmm. for sure that they are going yeah. to get complaints. You know for sure that you're going to get notifications from the card brands. You know for sure yeah. that there's going to be PR headaches. I mean, yes. it's not a question. You, yes. It's just which location is going to have this problem. You know it's going to happen. For sure. Right? And so, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, in your sales process and implementation, you know, is that something where you're spending a lot of time kind of educating the stakeholders of like, hey, this is what's going to happen where this is not crazy. Like we know how to deal with this. Like what, mm-hmm. how do you, how are you dealing with that to kind of head off these like kind of known problems that are going to come up? Yeah. So it, it's just an extension of a policy that I've always had. So I always have this running joke in our office that especially with the larger the account, the, the sooner I hope that something goes wrong. Right. So, so I can kind of step up and tell them the truth about what happened, you know, so, you know take right. the blame if, it, if the blame falls on me and then show them I'm, I'm going to fix the problem. And, and sort of as a, uh, so it kind of fits into what I'm doing with this. So if I'm going to sit in front of the primary decision maker, uh, you know, for one of these large franchisors, I'm going to tell him, you know, obviously about the money that's going to be saved. I'm going to tell him about, you know, what that effectively means for his bottom line. You know, it's not just 3% back, it's 20% to your net profit. And we'll give him all the stuff that makes cash discount appealing. And then I'm going to proceed to, you know, tell him now here's the bad. And I go through the whole laundry list and I, and I tell him, you know, hey, if you are, for example, if you're a person who, you know, loses their mind the first time, you know, uh, uh, you know, some disgruntled people get on Facebook and, and run off a, you know, a couple hundred comment post, this isn't for you. You're too big. You're too big. Some At some point that's right. going to happen. You know, you have to be an individual who has the, the strength and the, the the whereabouts to say, okay, here's what this is. This is what it's worth to me. Right. Um, here's what I expect. And I just, in all those points you just brought up, 
I bring them all up to them. And, and for me, it gives me a, a, in the sales process, it gives me a ton of confidence uh, that, that I'm able to look at them and say, you know, here's your pro here's the problems. Here's how you'll fix it. You know, I know how to navigate this, you know, and, and be prepared. And I feel like it builds credibility. So it actually, so I feel like it helps me sell the more, mm. the more bad I bring up and then provide a solution. Yeah. The, the higher the likelihood that I'm going to be able to, to, to close, but most importantly, successfully implement this program and keep them because that's the goal. No one wants to yeah. spend, you right. know, six months rolling out 400 locations and, and only to, for them to come back and say, I didn't know that we were going to have, you know, uh, you know, X amount of complaints or, you know, whatever the case, right? right. I mean, that, so it's, it helps close, but also it helps retain and help and retain is the name of the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love and, it. And the education part is a big deal, right? Yes. I mean, with these mm -hmm. franchisees, I mean, there's a lot of employees, there's a lot of turnover. They have to have like some set procedures for how to address consumer concerns, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last thing here is we kind of wrap this up and I really want Dustin to kind of give you an opportunity to really kind of pitch our audience in a way about this, because I, I this is something I want to take a second here because I really feel strongly about this. So mm -hmm. I have seen so many agents and small ISOs now that have come to me, hey, James, we've got this deal, 200 locations, 100 locations, we've got this in, and they just don't know how to get it over the finish line. And that's not a, a, a negative thing about them. It's just, that's not what they were really built to do. They're, you know, this salesperson might be a fantastic sales professional, but they don't know how to deal with the CFO, the, the legal counsel, the IT department. They don't have people on staff that can, that can drive to 400 locations or, you know, you know, negotiate with the CEO and the, and the third party PO. And so like, there's so many moving parts here. I really love, and I've talked to you quite a bit about this. I love the fact that you have a program now. In fact, I'll even tell the audience, I, I literally just sent an agent uh, to you recently that had a real big opportunity. So I know you're working with these agents and ISOs. Talk about why would an agent or ISO work with you when they run across one of these kind of one-off massive deals that's interested in cash discounting? Why would they work with you and kind of share the profits versus, you know, going it alone? Yeah, yeah for sure. So um, the short of it is, I, you know, I guess, Number one reason would be because I have the experience, uh, you know, not only with large clients, but also with specifically, the, you know, this target that we're going after these QSRs or, you know, uh, table service restaurants or what what have you. And, um, you know, is it, for all the the, I guess, ability, I think I have to to navigate all these things that we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. um, I also have the staff uh, and the partners to pull it off. So if I was, you know, a go along from an individual rep if I was going it alone as an individual rep, um, which is, you know, you and I both know is, is makes up probably the majority of all the, uh, the activity in our space. Um, I couldn't pull it off on my own. It's just impossible. You know, you need that, yeah. you need that labor, but, um, you know, it's just really boils down to the amount of experience that we have and our, you know, and our ability to navigate all the challenges that we, that we've laid out today. And we just have the history uh, of doing it. And, you know, we don't want to take every single deal. So that's something about us. We're going to look at the deal, see if it, if it makes sense. You know, I don't want to uh, try and, you know, mislead or oversell anything. And I don't want to, Put people in a position where it doesn't make sense for them so you know we're always happy to 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 evaluate any individual deal and if we do decide and it makes sense for the other party as well to, to partner up then then we deliver you know we put our best foot forward and we do what we said we were going to do we're not going to overbook and you know under deliver and that type of thing 
Yeah. And it, right. and it, the other thing about it to me too, two, two things I was also thinking of with this one is referrals, you know, I mean, with big accounts, I mean, they're like, who else have you worked with? And when you say, Oh, I've worked with, you know, Tony's auto body shop. Mm-hmm. They're like, so, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, no, no, no. But I've worked Ooh. with Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's when you can say thing, right? right. So you have to have the referrals. And I think um, one of the other things too, is just talking about the income, you know, it just, it's, it's like, uh, it's like a different world. It's just totally, totally different. So an agent's thinking, well, here's the split that I get, you know, Mm -hmm. from my process or whatever. Well, yeah, but like these deals are bringing in, you know, I mean, again, I know we can't get all the specifics, but I mean, you know, our our audience can run the math here. If you're getting 150, 200 basis points on a hundred million a year, 50 million a year, 300 million a year. I mean, these are like life changing numbers. These are six figure margin a month numbers that, if you can get a percentage of that and somebody's helping you to bring it over the finish line, even if, you know, your percentage is a little less, well, the fact that you're getting a chunk of this money is massively better than getting none of it. Um, And it's, it's, you know, it's almost like it's a life changing amount of residual at any split just about. So, um, so I just wanted, I, I really do think this is something that, our audience needs to hear. They need to understand how important this is. You know, they all have that uncle or that friend or that, you know, college uh, connection that is, you know, the VP of something at a really big company that has a bunch of QSRs, a bunch of locations. And they maybe have talked to them about cash discounting. If you actually want to see results and get these deals done, I think you need to bring in some help. And I love that, uh, Dustin, I love that you're kind of filling that need for the industry. So, Tell our audience, you know, when they do run across these big deals and it's like, okay, I've got this deal uh, in my site, you know, number one, tell our audience, you know, what's the criteria, you know, rough. I mean, what are you, what are you looking for? What types of deals are you looking for? And then number two, how would they reach out and, uh, and connect you to the, to discuss one of these uh, larger deals? Yeah, for sure. And those two points you just brought up are excellent ones. Uh, I agree with that 100%. So uh, the, the type of deals that we're looking for, so we're, everything we talked about today, you know, is is a lot, is mostly QSR, but table service change are, are a fantastic opportunity. But, you know, if you have a large B2B opportunity that that could take advantage of surcharging, I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, we're st- we, we are very good at a lot of different things. So if it's if it's a big enough deal and you need help with it, then you know I think we're a fantastic place uh, to, to uh, consider. Um, if you want to reach out to me, uh, my email is Dustin at the in dynamic Amazon Merchant Processing.com. Dustin at DM Processing. Uh, you can reach me there uh, anytime. So awesome. Dustin, thank you so much for taking time today to share a little bit about this. I think it's, uh, you know, having been involved with you as a consultant and some of these compliance things and and these different deals has been really fun. Um, I think what you're doing, I think you have, I think right now you probably have, you know, the, the, one of the most exciting, fun jobs uh, (laughs) in our space. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just love what you're doing with these big deals, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of, a, I guess, a geek like this, but, you know, uh, in a former life, I was in oil and gas, and we used to sell, we used to set some records for, you know, uh, uh, highest amount paid for leases and things like that, but I was just telling a guy the other day, like, a deal that we're working today will will undoubtedly be the largest cash discount deal in the history of the industry, and for that kind of stuff is really uh, is, yeah. is a lot of fun, you know, I, I, I geek out about that as much as I do about this, you know, insane amount of uh profitability that you talked about earlier yeah and when you get like the largest cash discounting deal it becomes you know cash discounting becomes more than it's no longer a one-off consideration you know it becomes i mean i've always maintained that once we get some really big chains doing cash discounting 
mm. you're going to see a lot of the uh, trepidation uh, just evaporate. Uh, you know, the agent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an important point. I think what you're doing, Dustin, actually is one of those things that the rising tide carries all ships or what is that statement? Something like that. And, yeah. I, and yeah. I think that that's one of those mm-hmm. things here, right? It's like, mm-hmm. as you're closing these keystone accounts um, and what's happening is small business owners are going to go into these places and they're going to yeah. see, whoa, wait a minute, this company is doing this? Like, right. so yeah, I, I love it. it. It's already the definition of snowball, but I just can't imagine as, you know, what, you know, if we do this again in six months. Um, yeah what i'm going to be telling you guys about (laughs) i know it's going to be crazy it's going to be it's neat yeah so awesome well dustin thank you so much for your time and your expertise really appreciate you coming on today really really enjoyable thank you also yeah thank you guys appreciate james thanks patty As I've already mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by Valor Paytech, and I want to take just a minute on today's episode to talk about the upcoming shows. Uh, we have the the ETA coming up, uh, and then of course it's going to go to the SEAA and the MWAA. Uh, and so Valor is really headlining and is a major sponsor of every single one of these shows this year. Their booth is fantastic. Definitely make sure that if you're nearby and you're going to head to one of these shows please stop by the Valor booth and let them know that you are a listener of the Merchant Sales Podcast and let them know if you heard about them on our show. I always love when I get those emails and calls from our sponsors that say, hey, somebody reached out and said they heard about us on your show. Um, That always makes me feel good. It makes them feel good about their investment in our show. So do me a favor, go by that Valor booth. Make sure you do if you're at any of the shows this year. And when you go there, let them know that you listen to the Merchant Sales Podcast and that you heard about Valor on our show. Uh, With that being said, uh, let's go ahead and dive into our interview here with Paul Hatfield. Um, I think you're gonna really enjoy the insights that he has for us today. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. Hey everybody, I'm here today with my friend Paul Hadfield who is the founder and CEO uh, at Transaction Company. I gotta get used to saying this new name. Talk about this name for a second, Paul. Why did you choose this as a brand name? I love it. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me back again. Sure. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. So um, we spell the company T-R-N-X-N, which is our way to spell transaction. And so yep. uh, we, our team spoke internally as we kind of went through this big rebrand of what exactly are we building? What are we trying to accomplish? And we kept coming back to this idea that we're we're trying to change the game. We're trying to do something modern and we're building this modern transaction company. Yeah, And that name started to stick, transaction company, but it didn't sound modern enough. So we, we were kind of re, uh, we, yeah. we changed the spelling of the word to T-R-N-X-N yeah. as a, a tip of the cap to uh, an updated version. Of, yeah, I love of- it. Love it. Very cool. Okay. So, you know, I wanted to do this special segment and the questions from the field here because you know, really you're covering two things and you have two things going on that I think are really relevant and have to do with a lot of the questions that I get. Um, One of the number one questions that I see in our Facebook group that I see in other groups is how do we do cash discounting on Clover? 
And so you're in the process of kind of solving this problem. So talk a little bit about why you decided to solve this problem and then also kind of timeline. I, I feel like it's not totally rolled out yet, or it, maybe it is. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I think it's worth noting. So I have about 20 years of experience in the industry. This is actually a groundbreaking year for me because I turned 40 in a couple months and I started in the industry when I was 20. So I've got wow. these big full round numbers of like yes. right, right after uh, like midway through this summer, I'm going to hit a point where more than half my life I've been in the merchant services industry. Wow. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm feeling old. Um, <laughs> so Cash discounting started to become a big buzzword, you know, years and years ago. And anytime that I had heard of it from potential clients or current clients, I always steered them away from it from the simple fact that I told them they probably shouldn't be the only guy or gal on their block charging a surcharge or offering a discount for cash as to not alienate their customers. Um, it wasn't until the really the last 12 to 18 months with which I, I, think was was really brought on by the pandemic of businesses looking for ways to offset fees in any way possible. Yeah. From a consumer standpoint, I truly feel that we all became comfortable with paying these fees through honestly companies like DoorDash and Uber Eats yep. where everybody's now paying $8 an order plus x percent for delivery right. fees and right. um uh, and everybody knew that businesses were kind of struggling to get by at the time. So what I've seen over the last 12 to 18 months is uh, current customers and prospective company, customers were starting to come to me and my team saying, hey, I saw this other business doing this, or I heard of this, can you do it? And so we really just started servicing those clients that were coming to us, asking us about it. Um, and that was really the turning point. And now as we've started to market that service ourselves and bring it out into the field, uh, not only are people much more interested in it now than ever to help offset ever rising costs in running a small business, but their customers are rarely giving them any pushback at all for having this type of a, a, a process in place within their business. So that's really opened the door I think for us to feel good about promoting it. Um, and one thing, so we we primarily focus on Clover point of sale and Clover's infrastructure. Sure. Um, there are some applications that do cash discounting that I don't think there's any that we're really thrilled with. So we're developing our own, which is actually currently, um, it's been released to Clover's app store. We're simply just waiting on approval. Um, and it's something that we've been developing over the last four to five months that we think will really be a game changer in terms of cash discounting. Um, so it'll be an application that's available to anybody that uses Clover. Um, uh, we don't necessarily have to get into a cost point yet. That's kind of still something that we're working yeah, on, but sure. it's not going to be very expensive. Um, but a couple of things that are going to make it different is number one, it's going to give merchants the ability to decide um, uh, a on customer receipts, do they want to show a um, that customers get a discount with for paying when cash, or are they going to pay more to pay with cards? So there's there's a little bit of a difference in how they want the customer to see that charge. So they have full ability to set up that cash discounting, as we say in the application, it's really either prepay or postpay. Um, mm -hmm. But B, there's not any other cash discount apps that uh, that have a web portal that can fully manage the cash, cash discounting piece of the application. So all of the cash discount applications today, you have to manage it from the, the application on the terminal. Ours will have a 
portal web access where they can mm-hmm. update and manage um, you know, the percentage that they're charging or the various features that we have within our application. But the last piece of it, which was big for us is, uh, I know from experience is that most cash discount customers that we set up, uh, after it comes to month two, month three, month four, they always have questions about, is this application working? Or, um, you know, remind me why we're doing this again. Why are we doing this discount thing, right? right. Um, because it's been a while and they don't really remember. And they, right. they, they kind of trying to see the the bottom line impacts and things of that nature. Probably their CPA is is uh, starting to do their, their data entry for their tax returns or sales tax reports. Or, and they're like trying to reconcile all that exactly. stuff tends to trigger that. A hundred percent. So our application will actually send out a monthly report um, on the first of each month showing the previous month's uh, sales numbers and what dollar figure they offset using that cash discounting app. So that's an auto report that's sent to them on the first of each month, kind of reminding them, hey, this is why you're doing what you're doing. And then also in the web portal, in the web dashboard, they can pull reports on demand, whether it's a custom date, a week, a month, last 12 months. Hey, you have offset X amount of dollars in total fees by using this this cash discounting app. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and it's you know it's interesting you bring up the other cash discount apps. Um, I had kind of a funny experience. Um, you know, I had one of my consulting clients that was trying to use one of the other um, apps, and there was a pretty glaring issue with the way the app was working. And so I thought, surely they know me. And, you know, I, I didn't actually know the founders. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know anybody that knows them. Like, what's going on? Who are these people? So I personally, like myself, not my assistant, like I reached out and yeah. said, let's talk. I found something with, you know, that I think we could help. And then maybe we can do a podcast interview, you know, this kind of thing. No response. And I'm thinking, really, if you're not responding to me, what are you, are you responding to the agent? So anyway, um, yeah, it's interesting because I know there are some apps in there. And again, I don't really have too much data on how good or bad they are. All I know is like all my clients are always asking me for a different option. So uh, obviously there's, there's a market there. Um, so, you know, one other thing I want to touch on real quick, though, is I think the Clover app is awesome. And again, what, just one more time, you know, what other details can you share on that as far as give them again, the release date? And like, where would they go to maybe learn more about this app or, or to, to get it or the name? I don't know, whatever you want to share with them just so they know, you know, what to be looking for. Yeah. So um, when applications are under review from Clover, they can take uh, anywhere from a couple of weeks to a couple of months. So it right. could be released in the next week. It could take another month, um, sure. but it'll be relatively soon. Um if uh, anybody is interested, just um, I would, you know, we'll, we'll certainly be posting on social media. Sure. Um, every social media site, we've got the handle transaction company, TRNXN company, or you can follow our website, TRNXN.com. And um, we'll certainly post updates as, nice. as they come. Awesome. Last thing I want to touch on real quick. Um, obviously, a subject I'm very passionate about is training. Um, I felt from the beginning that, you know, when I got into the industry 13 years ago, not quite as long as you, um, but 13 years ago, I was like, why is there no training? You know, so um, I came in and really tried to make an impact there. But the bottom line is somebody like myself and my company, you know, we can, of course, only go so far. Ultimately, the there's a lot of specific things that agents need training on. Um, and I love your kind of focus on that, especially working with small ISOs. So talk a little bit about your approach and then kind of how you're working with your smaller team, uh, you know, ISOs uh, in order to facilitate that and get their reps up and going. Yeah, like you, I had such a similar experience and any ISO relationship 
that I have ever had, um, there really hasn't been any training. I, I think everybody does some sort of monthly, quarterly webinar, but it's really product focused or, right. hey, here's the new applications. Don't use don't use 3.2.1 anymore. We have to use this new one. But <laughs> how are you helping somebody build a true payments portfolio that's valuable in a 2022 world? Right. Because that world is much different than a 2016 world, which is much different than a 2010 world. Right. And furthermore, any new payments relationship that I've always been involved in or other ISOs, it's it's it just it's really non-existent. And you kind of have to seek out various very reactive rather than proactive support for sure. Hundred percent. You have to find guys like James Shepard who are teaching you about the industry, right? You 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 don't have access to those tools from the company that should be providing them to you. So, um, uh, early this year we launched our own ISO program, which is really in a, a culmination of everything that myself and my team has learned by building our own ISOs, and we're giving that back to our ISO and agent community. Um, so not only uh, the initial things like I've been saying about how to build a good portfolio, but some people really don't understand the industry as a whole. Why are we doing what we are doing? How did this industry come about? Um, how has the industry evolved? Uh, what technology are businesses looking for these days that are going to help them thrive, right? How to get away from selling on price and selling on value. What are some actual sales tools that can help them build their own business? Um, uh, Go-to-market strategies, uh, ISOs that have agents, we're helping them with uh, their sales rep compensation. We helped an ISO with the um, the ad that they placed on Indeed, fine-tuning that to make sure that they get the most high-quality sales reps. Um, and then on the flip side, we have all different packages that we've leveraged. So our, our team does on-site support, installation, and training on Clover's line of products. Anything from a you know small mom and pop uh, business up to a multi-location, you know, several million dollar a month operation. Um, we do on-site support and training for Clover, and we leverage that service to all of our partners as well, allowing them to feel comfortable to go after larger merchants anywhere in the country and know that they have a, um, a, a reputable team that's at their beck and call for support and training after the fact. So we, we've tried to build our program to be a, a large value add uh, so that agents really, uh, someone has their back, um, they're not on their own and they have the tools they need to, to succeed. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Good stuff. So um, you already gave out a little bit of contact information a second ago, but let's just one more time, you know, for those who would want to reach out and learn more about, you know, so I, what, let me clarify one thing actually real quick. The um, the Clover app, is that going to be available to other ISOs and agents to use? Yep. Okay, right. that's what I thought. Okay, yep. so that's kind of your processor agnostic thing you have going there. Then what you just described as far as training and all that, that's for agents and ISOs that are selling directly for transaction company. Correct. So give us the contact info one more time if they want to learn more about that aspect of the business, you know, where they would yep. go. Yep, our, our website is transaction.com and the modern spelling of transaction, trnxn.com. You can always email me directly, paul at transaction.com. Um, my personal website is paymentspaul.com. .co and I've got all my social media handles up there, my email handle, uh, my email, my contact form, so on and so forth. 
Awesome. Love it. Paul, it's always such a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, I love your expertise in the industry and I love when you take time to share it with our audience. So thanks for taking the time today. Absolutely. Thank you, James. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of greensheet.com and ccsalespro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.